hi, hello, and welcome to The After Party. I'm Amanda McLaughlin, and I hereby deny responsibility for any claims to car crashes, broken glasses, uh, sore throats, yelling, uh, breaking your phone because you text message too many uh, exclamation points. You, you texted um, too hard. I, I yeah. pressed too hard on my Galaxy 4 and then it broke in half. Wow, you don't have to call Jake out right now. <laughs> As a result of the reveal of my big secret. Thank you for coming. An ASL um, interpretation is available via text message. Let's look to the judges. Oh, zeros out of tens, unfortunately. Zeros out of tens on everything. Yeah. I think you owe Brandon and I an apology for mm -hmm. the emotional distress and shock that we went through. Hey, Amanda, can I talk to you over here for a second? Yeah, yeah, what's up? Hey, hey, um, you don't have to tell them shit. You fucking <laughs> drink it out of a cup. You get a big straw and you slurp it up. That's that's what keeps us young. <laughs> we were taking children. We were taking the yeah. blood of Christian children before, but now it, it is now what the fucks from actual play. Yes. Yeah. You know, Eric, I wondered why I woke up this morning and my back wasn't sore and my skin was clear and the cut I got on my thumb had healed automatically. <laughs> and it's it's your WTFs. Yeah. It's delicious. I bet you could sleep on the floor at Bonnaroo. <laughs> I think you're right. I could sleep standing up next to the porta potties and be like, I'm fresh. I'm ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. Hey Julia, Julia, come here for a second. Come over here for a yeah, second. Yeah, hey, hey Brandon, what's up? Julia, we can just go on strike. We could. Want, <laughs> you want Solidarity. Okay, but guys, seriously, I, I have a something very important to reveal to you, um, which is, yes, this was a secret from Julian. Brandon, you heard them in real time put this together, and it was delicious. Um, mm -hmm. But secondly, while appreciated, your Amanda WTFs really need to be Eric WTFs, because this is how the secret came about. This is how we do it. This is how we I was just picturing a butterfly, it. like, kind of, like... <laughs> dancing in the club and it was great and a boy band what, what was this was like what was that amanda what was that children's show you watched all the time was, was it zoom it was zoom yeah yeah i feel like there, there was like 15 seconds of like badly animated 12 year olds, like, 12 -year -olds yeah, dancing. dancing around yeah yeah and cyber chase is is the one that we watched recently yes anyway Tri riptide's name did come to me fully formed whole cloth in julia's kitchen uh That's i true. thought to myself Try try riptide. First thought, best thought. Love it. And butterfly Amanda truly said okay. that to me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Butterfly gunslinger. Try riptide. And then uh, the next day at work, Eric and I were you know talking. I was like, hey, you know, this is a gunslinger. Let me go through the class. Make sure I know what it's all about. And Eric, to my memory, you asked me about Troy's backstory, and I was like, oh God, I don't know. And you said, well, do you want him to be part of the royal family? And I was like, oh, I, I don't know. That seems kind of like odd. And then you go, what about if he's secretly a royal? <laughs> and I said, ink it, baby. <laughs> Jot it down. It's happening. Secret prince. Write it down. Oh, my God. So that's the origin story. I am not solely responsible. I've had so much fun keeping a secret from you guys. I'm so sorry. It's been <laughs> delightful. Um, but I, I I, do. This is, this is a co-creation, Eric WTF as played by me, and I very much enjoyed it. A WTF collabo, yeah. I'm almost a little disappointed because we had a conversation after this episode finished, and it was just it truly buck wild, and we'll get to the reasons why 18 felt so buck wild in terms of all of these reveals and stuff <laughs> like that. But Amanda, like... At one point, we were talking about it, and I was like, oh, you you knew this the whole time. And Amanda was like, yeah. And I was like, and 
Eric, you pointed out to me mm-hmm. that you're like, Julie, you guessed this. And we had to like reel it back in because we didn't want the reveal to happen too early. And I pulled up in the transcript, mm-hmm. episode 14, where <laughs> Troy goes, yeah, no, this is my crew now. And me, Troy Riptide, a normal guy from the crags, is best friends <laughs> with these crewmates. They are my crew. And anything about what's happening in the crags isn't super relevant to me anymore because I'm just normal here on a ship with my bros. <laughs> And, oh my then, God. and then I, as an aside, went, hey, Umby, why did Troy say he was normal like five times? And then <laughs> Brandon said seven times. I don't know. I said, yeah, it's weird. And then I say, do you think Troy is royalty? Oh, my gosh. Brandon goes, oh, shit. And I said, Troy might be secret royalty. And then I forgot that. <laughs> yep. Fully <laughs> forgot it. Yep. Just flew out of my brain after I made that quote unquote joke. <laughs> Because I thought you were making a genuine just like, wouldn't it be funny if, ha, 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 there's no way. But like, mm-hmm. the blood drained from my face in that moment. I was like, and oh, I, man. Like, man, no, I didn't notice. I didn't fucking notice <laughs> at all. After that episode, I'm like, Amanda, ease up. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Three Lips is like, yeah, I got it. Okay, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, I'm going back again, going through transcripts. I'm like, why the fuck did Lily Rose, a person you grew up with, not know your last name? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. I'm like, the clues are all there. But Julia, that moment was really, for me, like when I started thinking about when this reveal was going to happen. And so here's here's the thing. So when Troy unfurls his wings for dramatic effect in the second round to, to help win, Eric kind of gave me a look in that moment. Like, you know, are you sure? And I said, I want to do this. And then after the session, he's like, you know that like everyone, like you you are related to the breakstones, right? And like all the guards from the crags are going to know who you are. And I'm like, yeah, no, cat's out of the bag. I I know it. We all know it. Crags people are here. Like Troy is ready. And it was very exciting. Like Eric and I didn't rehearse that that conversation was going to go that way. I had no <laughs> idea the reveal was going to happen with three lips in that moment. It was, it, it really hit home for me. Like so much role-playing. I feel like I am getting some kind of, you know, free therapy um, through, <laughs> through this podcast. Um, but it, it was truly amazing. And Eric, I think you played it incredibly well. Yeah, I was thinking about revealing the wings in 17 during round, during the the slam dunk round, as I've been calling it, <laughs> is like, did you read a bunch of the articles surrounding like the royal weddings and then of course like the new coronations of like when Princess, the old queen who died, when she was like wearing different jewelry and how mm-hmm. different jewelry means different things. It's like, oh, yeah. oh I, when, I wore, when I wore this, it symbolizes this because it's related to this political thing or I got this from this person. So that's what it's a metaphorical for. I was thinking mm-hmm. it's like, that's how I feel about Troy's wings. Is like when people see Troy's wings, it's like, oh, you're a Habsburg. <laughs> like, I know uh, it. I, you are a breakstone. You have the same patterning as everyone else in the current royal family at the Crags if you yeah. know what you're looking for. Uh, and I thought that's why it was so important and why the Crags guards all were like, yeah, okay. I th- we're all like, mm, I thought that was the prince, but now I know. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. I love that. And do you want to know my headcanon for why Troy's wings are clipped? Again, yes. we decided this because Eric said, you can be any creature you like, but no one can fly because that'll fuck up my mechanics and I said fair. My headcanon is that the non-firstborn of every uh, would-be royal family has their wings clipped as a kind of insurance against uh, like fratricide and yeah. uh, sort of insurrection within the, the family. That's I incredible. That. I mean, I hate it. 
I love it. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. Michelle had the same idea. Michelle literally hit that oh, yeah. on the head. Michelle Spurgeon said, are Troy's wings clipped as a message to his brother that he won't challenge the throne? There's Not there... self-clipped, but like a thing that parents who are, you know, royally ascendant do. And probably some do it to their sons as well because they don't want to pass on the line. But yeah. that's that's what I've been thinking from the beginning about his uh, his wings. So he can't fly. I don't think there will be a way for him to fly in the campaign just like, uh, you know. Except for uh, magical means. Exactly. Like permanently. But man, that magical moment uh, Cammy assisted it was incredible. That was fun. And I didn't even know what I was doing. I was like, what if Troy flew? <laughs> <laughs> Do you have, do you, either of y'all have an idea of what the breakstone wing pattern looks like? Uh, yeah, it, it's a specific uh, type of butterfly. I think Amanda said it in the, yeah. in the first episode, and it's the pattern from the character art. Oh, okay, cool. Yes. Okay, so the, the first three things I wrote down about Troy are, one, I found this butterfly, which has a very cool, like, racing, like, checked, like, racing flag, yellow mm -hmm. and black pattern with a gray, like, stained glass on the bottom half of the wings, and the top half of the wings are black with, like, gray feathers. It looks very beautiful. Um, the scientific name of this butterfly is Troides hypolitus. And so then I wrote down Troides Hyperion Breakstone Jesus cover Christ. Troy Riptide. Jesus oh my God, Christ. Amanda! I was wondering where you got Troy from. <laughs> Troy, Troy. You ever Troy. think about what Troy? my name would be if it was Trey? Troy. <laughs> <laughs> Another great line from that episode. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I there are uh, several questions here um, that Eric you've gathered from the Discord. Here's one from Kelly Griffiths, who said, "How does this fit in with the earlier Troy backstory?" And then Malignant Sloth really built on that by saying. You know, did I know that Troy was related to Hyperion, even in the Legends of the Past episode? And the answer is like, yes, absolutely. The entire time. They continue, Troy even made the pact with Three Lips and Rob that he was going to go be a pirate and bring back something for them. Fuck the Royals? Was that something that changed before he actually left? So in my head, everything Troy said at, at, to the crew and in the first, you know, what a 15 episodes uh, was true where he, he was an unimportant like seventh or eighth son, nothing coming to him, you know, via the Royal line. He did go into the army because like, what do you do with your superfluous sons? If you are a, you know, a Royal family, you, mm -hmm. you know, send them into the army. And I think he realized there that he, you know, if he wanted to make a name for himself outside of his brother's shadow, and if his brother is going to get, you know, killed one of these days, like all the rest of the royals and the crags, then, you know, what can he do except try to like sort of win and get glory another way? So I think that that mission's becoming more complex for him as he realizes truly in this conversation with Three Lips that his actions have consequences on other people, uh, which is a very uh, young himbo man thing to realize uh, too late when you are already grown and kind of thinking like, I don't know what Troy would ask for if he found the salmon right now. Uh, and that's been a very fun journey to like think about as we've been playing. Mm. I love that. Yeah. That episode, mm -hmm. I, I do urge everyone to go back to that episode, the flashback episode uh, mm -hmm. and re-listen to it now. Cause like I was looking, I was like, Amanda, you can, I intentionally did not say, the species of Hyperion the Haggard. I noticed that now. That was very important. To, <laughs> that was very important to me that I did not say because Hyperion is uh, also is also a butterfly, exactly the same like Troy. Yes, 
that was the one thing that I slipped up on. And if you recall, listeners, we recorded all of those separately. And so when Eric and I were recording the Troy one, uh, I had some, he asked me, you know, like, oh, who is the king right now? And I said, oh, Hyperion is a butterfly. And then Eric, we stopped the tape and Eric was like, I, I think that's too much. And I was like, oh, no, 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 you're right. You're right. So we like went back and retook yeah. that. But I cut it. I had to cut it out. I cut it out. Oh, and my I God. It. I was about to ask Brandon if he had heard no. that. I cut you son of a bitch. I cut it out from the DAW and I bounced the new file when wow. we sent the audio. That Brandon. episode was such a nightmare to try to sync up, and now I'm realizing why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that explains <laughs> it. Why. That explains it. Wow. I, I'm a spy. I did it. He <laughs> put the glove you on before bastard. editing the DAW. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. I, that's why it was out of sync, Brandon, because I had a big glove on while I was trying to do it. <laughs> so here's a question for um, everyone from Three's The Charm. Uh, they say, Asking uh, for myself, as someone playing 16 secrets stacked in a trench coat, is this how I imagine Troy being royalty coming to light? And for everyone, how do you handle your character's secrets? Eric, do you know everybody's secrets? I think that's a good question to start. Eric, do you know everyone's secrets? Ooh, that's a good question. I, hmm, I think it might be different for all three of my players. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hold on a second. Is this question, Julia, are you implying that you have secrets? Who can say? Julia, if you have secrets that are going to be revealed, and I'm to yourself, it's so fun to reveal. With no secrets. I, re- I revealed one in this episode, which is how Cammy became a mm-hmm. pirate, which was she straight up got kidnapped. Yeah, well, that was a big deal, secret, too. Though. I don't like sad secrets. Yeah, no. But it wasn't like a bad kidnapping. It was just like, oh, you're lucky. Let me take you. And then Cammy was like, I like this life. Yeah. I think I know all of Amanda's secrets because, for for example, I think I would have started to know Julia's secrets, but Julia might have a secret she reveals to me. Brandon might have secrets from himself. (laughs) 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 Listen, sometimes you come up with secrets on the fly and there's nothing wrong with that. Like, I didn't really have the, when I created Cammy, I did not have the Baba Rutabaga stuff in my head. That was a kind of collaboration between Eric and I. So uh, I feel that. I get it. If there was someone to keep a secret from me, it would be Julia. But Brandon has secrets from everyone, including himself. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think Umbi as a character like has secrets in that like he just kind of lives his life boldly, like uh, without hiding anything. Like he right, just like Dominic Toretto. <laughs> Dominic Toretto, yeah. <laughs> because you know it's like you know he's been a senator his whole life and he's old. And when you're a person of renown, of some renown, and you age into your age, like you just kind of like lose the shame that comes with like having holding secrets you know i was more talking about like the um do i know you mechanic and things like that ah they were things oh i see i see the the way that brandon rolls it's the the tables and randomness loves him so we keep finding new things that that are not planned and then turn into other things yeah yeah like you try to force adultery on me Brandon, this is what happens. You say something wild. Eric says, okay. And then you say, why did you do this to me? Just, Eric goes, you just said it. Yeah, exactly. 100%. No, excuse me. Well, that may be true, Amanda. But in this case, Eric made that joke. And I was like, that's a hilarious ass You joke. weren't in the room. <laughs> that happened. That's because you, I, you intentionally you were, were not you in were the lost. room. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was good. No, that was uh, tight. I, lo- I miss that avocado man who's dead. And so are I all know. of his family. 
Sorry, he's still, but he was in the spider webs. He could still be alive. It's true. Uh, no, I think he was a smear on the wall. He was a smear oh, on the yeah. wall. No, all of right, his right. all of his lineage right. were in the spider webs. He defo died. He defo died. Bummer. Anyway, see, characters die in this campaign, folks. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It is true. Yeah. It happens. Sometimes in dark ways, sometimes by being hilariously falling down a <laughs> The longest flight of stairs the longest ever, flight of stairs ever of cocaine we, ha- we have to wait to get to that. We have to wait to get to that. <laughs> 18 was full of so much stuff. <laughs> it was. I know. Here. All right. Let's let's start from the beginning. Let's run it back. So in, in episode 16, we meet the other competitors. We bond with the pirates around this, the bonfire talking about what the salmon is, which is an incredible conversation that I was just like, hmm, what do you guys think? And we were all like, oh, my gosh, philosophical meditation, like just coming up with it on the fly. Mm-hmm. Um, Umbi tries to sabo Archimedes. But Archimedes loves you. Uh, and this we see three lipses uh, sort of spiraling, uh, you know, sort of into the confrontation we end up seeing in 18. Yes. Um, so uh, players, any feelings, any questions, anything that you loved or stands out to you from that episode? Eric, I'm really glad that you worked with me to kind of come up with a mechanic for the on the fly tea readings. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that was really so fun. Really fun, very cool. Loved trying to be able to like kind of parse your idea of what these readings could be. And in particular, really liked the kind of like way that I could manipulate three lips with that. And also like the mystery of Radbert, who seems like just a dude right now, (laughs) but had a a really weird reading. So I was like, hmm, interesting. It was kind of actually the reverse of how we did your premonitions in the beginning of Monster of the Week, Mm. uh, Mm -hmm. the Monster of the Week game. So I thought that I felt like I was doing, yeah, we were looking through it like the other way of the kaleidoscope. Right. Yeah. So that was real. That's where I, where I pulled from. But it's like I just love premonitions in tabletop RPGs, man. I think just think they're fun. True. And so uh, fun. and turns out they're relevant. <laughs> I mean, like here's the thing about tea readings: if you're actually someone who can see the future a little bit, who has an ability called tassiography, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. 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 I would have loved if you had read uh, Troy's Tea Leaves and it had been like, oh, you're a royal? I 100% would have done that. Yeah, 5,000%. Yeah. I would have, it would have been like, I don't know what the tarot, I don't know the tarot deck well enough, but it would have been. Just makes things up. It's It fine. would have been like the tower and as in that yeah. it, like, it stands tall and it's important and people look at it and blah, blah, blah. I would have 100% would have done something like that. Yeah. It would have been like the emperor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You'd be like, huh, weird. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Well, let's get into some audience questions. Um, this is from Jay Powers. Very important. Um, what does Smelly Hayes' body smell and taste like? Well, it smells like, as we've established, um, <laughs> rotten cat food or old cum. Or um, um, those pear trees. Yes. Well, that's what those pear trees smell like. Yeah, that's like. what those pear trees smell like. Bradford pear. I just wanted listeners to know that uh, uh, Julia is not like making this up from experience. Like it says on the Wikipedia page, smells like old semen. <laughs> Does it really? Yes. Oh my god. Okay, so it wasn't just me. Um, no. That is definitely the vibe. Shout out to your nasty, nasty girl, Mother Nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, wait, shout wait, out Julia, to Julia made the most ridiculous face. Like, yeah, I'm gonna roast Julia. It's like, nope, that is Mother Gaia. Thank you very much. Thank you. It ain't me, it her. Um, yeah. And then, what does she taste like? Yep. I don't know. She's a tree. She tastes like wood, I guess. 
You can, you can decline and just say that's a rude question. Well, so, no, they're probably asking because we said she was a Bradford pear. Uh. Bradford pears are flowering, but they are they don't have, like, edible fruit. They have these, like, little tiny Nasty berries. berries. Nasty berries. Um, but they don't, you can't eat them. Writing down that NPC oh, name, nasty berries. Nasty berries. I, know. I was about to say that's what they called me at college, Eric. Oh. <laughs> they still did call you that at college. Here's one from Saved Man 97. I'm sure others will ask too, but can we hear more about the meeting people chart? I assume it was a dual chart, hence the two D10s, with mm-hmm. one being the type of person and one being the circumstance or something to that effect. This was very good, and I didn't realize at the time, like, one, <laughs> you hear me in the episode be like, Eric, why did I just get a woman who confessed a murder to me and then walked away? And then Troy got like a person that he knew from his past. And you're yeah. like, because it's randomized, Julie, I'll send you the chart. And I was like, okay, okay, <laughs> fair enough. I hope I see that old lady again. Hopefully. Me too. Yeah. I, I, I mean, she's like, best life, so. I really like the experience of just everyone being let out from a big stadium. I have that experience a lot when I go to basketball games, especially Madison Square Garden, because there's like only one entrance and exit really there. So it's like Seems everyone safe. leaves mm-hmm. at the same time. And it's underground. Mm-hmm. That's the extra fun part. You're going from very far Seems above safe. ground and then to underground. Um, so I I just kind of like that experience and letting you bump into people as well. And then I just, I just wanted to see what would happen. And some things I wanted to be plot relevant and other things weren't. And I think it ended up being up to you. What, what was that? The one that I did to Julia specifically just so happened to be very funny. Um, yes. Especially to start it off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let me read out explicitly what I have written for all of your pairings, and then we can go further into the table. Because, again, hey, folks, this was just two sets of ten things that I paired together. The first one were types of people, and the second thing were wants. And what, what do they want mm-hmm. from you? So the first pairing was Julia 1, which is a an incredibly old person wants to tell you a secret. <laughs> oh, so you, and the secret was murder. I love it. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, you have kind eyes. <laughs> um, the second one, I think, was Amanda 1, which was someone unexpected from your past wants to get something valuable from you. And that was Lily mm. Rose trying to figure out what Troy's doing. And that was valuable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the one from Brandon was, oh, teens who are rapscallions <laughs> want to know why you're here. <laughs> Just guys, the dice don't lie. They yep. don't lie. Dice don't lie. <laughs> the dice love to fuck with Brandon. They do. <laughs> they do. That's what I've I want. I want everyone to know that could have been anyone. Anyone could have done an up dog or a mind goblin, but it just so <laughs> happened. It happened to the old man. Incredible. Um, and then we had Amanda 2. Amanda 2 was the mayor. The mayor wanted to know why you're here, so it ended up being kind of just a glad-handing session. Julia 2 was someone unexpected from your past. Smelly Hayes. Wants to offer to help Smelly. you. Bing, bang, boom. Oh, that's and nice. Then, uh, and then the Brandon 2 was a co-worker on the sea wants to teach you about Dr. Radish Radish. Oh, okay. Oh. I didn't know it was specifically a Dr. Radish Radish thing, but there you yeah, are. Yeah, so that, and that was that book. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. So, and then some <laughs> other ones. I mean, there were some other fun uh, pairings. Yeah. Eric, Saved Man wanted to know if there was a combo you really wanted to see. Yeah. I wanted to reveal 
They were I number five was a friend of yours, so an NPC we knew. Number four was a family member or a or a wife of a very powerful person that I thought would be fun. And then number ten was cool. the literal spirit of competition. Oh, but we ended up seeing him anyway. Yeah. So that's yeah, yeah, yeah. That was there. That was definitely there two episodes earlier. And then some wants. Uh, oh, number five was invite you to their secret club. Oh, oh, that would have been tight. Yeah, I want to hear like ideas of what that would have been. Yeah, I wrote down, oh, we're not like any old sea monster cult. We're a cool sea monster cult. Oh, <laughs> um, classic. Number six was to announce that you're blessed slash incredible. I had read on Twitter recently that Mother Teresa liked to go, to go around and just say that random children were going to be like the coming of Christ. And she did it a huh? lot. Apparently, that's, and I that's and I thought it was just really wild, so I included that. Um, You're just giving kids like young people confidence, you know, or or yeah. like or like intentionally fading them, you know. One or the other. Yeah, one or the say. other. And then, and then number one was get closer to Troy, which I thought would have been interesting depending on who who got that one. Yeah, it definitely would have been like Lucky Edie or something Yeah, like Lucky that. Edie, because we um, – she said that she was probably going to go, so I was ready for her to show up if need, for her to show up again if needed uh, from the NPC you know one. Good. Yeah. Fucking lucky. Yeah, I know. She's my favorite. She's the best. I love. I just love dropping her in when I want to cause conflict now. Damn you. <laughs> Damn you and your love of conflict. Every time she comes up, I'm just, I just want to like say the most neutral statement that is possible. Just like, mm-hmm. hello, I acknowledge your presence. And it's just so funny for me because Cammy feels like a character who does not dislike people very much. For sure. And so when you're like, yeah, you don't like this person, I'm like, ah, okay, <laughs> um, well... How do I express that? <laughs> yeah. I was also wondering if you were going to run into Arello earlier as well as another person mm-hmm. who I said was going to be there, but later on. So that would have been another place for you to run into run into random yes. people. Um, but then I ended up just like having him show up anyway. Yes. Instead, he was just drunk at a party. Classic Arello. Arello was just Arelloing it up. Yeah. Just Arelloing it up. I assumed incorrectly i guess that the spirit of competition was sort of like a genie in a lamp situation he couldn't leave his castle <laughs> but i nope. guess not apparently not apparently not apparently he's just a dick <laughs> a murdering dick don't look coquettishly at me when i say that ooh, uh, ooh, uh, damn ooh. you and now uh we have a corner that i think eric you've been working on names we'll close with with the name so just folks keep a pin in this one but this is uh, what I'm just going to call for the moment a series of great questions from Malignant Sloth. Yes. <laughs> I think that we're getting to the point where Malignant Sloth has – because Malignant Sloth has asked question, plenty of questions before uh, yeah. on, on recent after parties. But Malignant Sloth gave so many good questions from in this particular series of episodes that I feel like that they're getting up there with the question surgeon about nicknames for them. I have some that yeah. I want to float to you right now. Okay. Oh, great. Yeah. Thank the you. first is Nasty Berries. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm going to veto that one. Yeah, I'm going to say Okay, no. that's fine. All right. Hey, first thought, best thought. That's fine. Yeah. All right. So I have, uh, so we could do one that's like a motto. So slow and steady, yeah. malignant sloth. Um, okay. But then I'm also looking for some some rhymes here, and turns out, and trying to rhyme with the word sloth is really fun. So I have I have some questions. Quoth the sloth. That's a that's a slant rhyme. It's next okay. to each other. 
Cute. It's question broth from Malignant Sloth. Ooh. <laughs> Making that soup. And then it's so frothy. <laughs> it's so frothy from the question slothy. <laughs> I think Characters I like all incredible. I think I like the broth one the best. That one's the most like very similar to the question surgeon one. It's definitely the most like pattery. Yes. Yeah. I think it's like I think you have to be like, all right, it's time to get into the soup with the whatever the fuck you get said. Get into the so question, the bro. Let's let's know, here we go. Let's here we slide go. Guys, into ready? the warm guys, soup. Guys, guys, I'm gonna do some live sound design. All right, do ready? it. Do it. Okay, Brandon, you just take some notes here. Yeah. Time for question broth from Malignant's Law. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Yeah, perfect. It. No notes. That's it. That's it. Okay. All Thank right. you. It. Thank you, Eric. Uh, Malignant Sloth, you will find your official scepter of naming in the mail. Um, <laughs> and uh, by the way, I've been I've been I've been cooking on Library Chick. I think Library Chick deserves a moniker uh, for all the Australian goods. Perhaps mm. the Postmaster. That's what I've been thinking that's, about. Oh, like, um, that's nice. I actually haven't been able to tell you. Library Chick sent us more stuff <gasps> because uh, there's even more needlework that got lost <gasps> in the mail and sent us more stuff and there's Whoa. there's prezies for all of us oh the postmaster so well the postmaster's getting the joke and hot and fresh off the presses folks but mm -hmm. uh we'll we'll tell you about that in the mid-roll all right just by the way postmaster the pork belly potato chips that you sent me <laughs> are perhaps the best potato chips i've ever eaten and i'm not gonna ask you for more but i'm just saying i like weird potato chips so <laughs> the potato chips from that one tasmanian company are crazy crazy good the finger yeah. lime one was also really good and the chicken yeah the chicken the lemon chicken was out of this world i didn't try the finger lime one so i'll have to try those it was like time, it was really like a, a twist on like salt, salt and vinegar, vinegar right? but it was like nice. even more acidic yeah oh, the, so because uh library chick is from tasmania from that area of australia Fuck and yeah. they this one this one company makes the craziest flavors of chips that are like tasmanian inspired they're inspired, and they're yeah. inspired by that by the uh local flora and fauna very so cool. incredible. Love it. All right, folks, let's all take a nice warm cup of question broth from Malignant Sloth. Mm. Yep. How does Umbi feel about Archimedes being his little follower? <laughs> I know you mentioned he's loving it, <laughs> but how does he feel about it as an outcome of having poisoned him? Does he hope to help shape his potential future buildership, or is he just no thoughts, head empty, having fun? Brandon, this might be a secret to yourself, but let's uncover it together. <laughs> no, I don't think it. I uh, I was actually going to say earlier, one of my favorite things about that episode, Eric, was the I listening back mm -hmm. or remembering how doomy and like spooky and imposing yes. you made Archimedes sound in the beginning, <laughs> and then just switching them on a dime to a little like golden retriever puppy. It was so good. <laughs> I I distinctly remember because I knew I had planned ahead of time that that's how Archimedes was going to respond, and I remember you going, "Oh no, the consequences of my action." <laughs> oh no, not again. No, I love it. I mean, like I yeah, I I not head empty, like full on head full. Let's go. I love this. Head full loving it. Commitment yeah, to commitment, baby. I also, my favorite first line from Archimedes was, I don't have availability for that. Which is <laughs> <Just> hilarious. <laughs> Eric, it's, it's you, like, you are playing, like, five to ten characters per episode, and each of them is so distinct. Mm -hmm. Like, if, if occasionally we've asked you like oh who's that or like which is that like when you were playing 20 superheroes in like near the denouement of campaign two right. we'd be like oh which one was that that has not happened at all because i think your voices and your cadence and just the the word choice that each of these characters has is like exceptional Stop. it also helps that they're all like 
bugs and plants so we can be like oh yeah the the dung beetle person honestly sure, that's, that's really helping me it's that they, nice. they feel more distinct in my head because i can make them different speak not people not people yeah exactly yeah instead of just mm-hmm. like oh, you're the one oh you're the smart girl with the mushroom man the smart you're team. the smart team sure. oh yep. god so it's yeah it's it's helping you know it's fun i mean i feel like i'm just pulling from like good character tropes but it's nice being yeah. able to like lean on that stuff because it being able to bring like the standards of fiction i guess to improvisational storytelling is just like yes it makes me feel like i'm doing a little bit of a flourish because like you know i'm i imagine a lot of this stuff happening in one piece and you know i've been imposing character getting owned and then flipping it around and being like i love it when you owned me he's like feels very (laughs) fat to me but i'm glad that i could like then he's like, here's this regu- here's this basketball, Brandon. Even though it's a basketball and you can buy a hundred of them at the store, I have given you a present. And I think that that's mm-hmm. a nice way to think about, like, storytelling. It can be basic, but it still it is what it is. Yeah. Eric, did you buy me a basketball? Did you get Brandon a basketball? <laughs> did you give me a basketball? I'll never tell. <laughs> <laughs> is it that cool 90s blue and purple and black one? I'll never tell. <laughs> Our uh, our first holiday as a couple, my dad did buy Eric a basketball from Costco as part of his present and just said, nice. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. All right. Uh, here's some broth for Julia. Um, how is Cammie feeling about running into Alicia? I know Julia said she didn't have a name for the character yet. How much about their relationship did you know at the time? Shout out to your, your boy, Fantasy Name Generator. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I love you. I knew, like we talked about earlier this episode, I knew that Cammy had been kidnapped. I knew the kind of person that had kidnapped Cammy. And like, again, we're talking, I say kidnapped. It was just like a, hey, you're coming with me. And Cammy was like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I, I knew what the relationship was kind of like and like what motivated this person for taking Cammy. But I didn't know like, who they were precisely. It wasn't as clear as a like Baba Rutabaga situation, but I did know like the relationship to a certain extent. Extremely cool. I'm imagining the inventory system from Resident Evil and from Dredge where where Smelly Hayes is like, I got an 11 year old space in my cargo. I think you would fit mm-hmm. right there. You only take two pieces. You take yep. two squares worth. Yeah, so Cammy was like the the ship witch for a little while before she ended up at the hold. Delicious. Incredible. A love this witch. for you, Julia. Ship witch. <laughs> I love a ship witch and I love a chip witch. That's true. <laughs> How is Cammy feeling about having to reveal some of her past to Havana in order to get him away from continuous thankful? Mm. Does she feel like maybe they can steer him on a slightly less scary version of the path? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that since we made that decision, who is, Cammy who is has this been wee nervous. fellow I've heard so much about? <laughs> Who's that? I don't know. I um, was on board. I was on board. I, I right. co-signed. I do I take think, liability for that decision. <laughs> yes. I think that was a very difficult decision for Cammy to make. And it was a difficult decision for Julia to make because I was a little concerned that this was like going to reveal something that would turn continuous thankful like against her and that like in revealing that that she might end up like I don't know uh, persecuted in some way but at the same time I think that 
Cammy's motivation for telling Havana about their background was very much like, okay, I don't want you to fall down the path of the people who persecuted me in the past. And like, I think you can be more and better than these people and uh, make your own informed decisions. And so I think that was the choice that Cammy made in telling Havana about who they used to be. Right on. There were a lot of a lot of people in this episode were, were asking validation from another person. And whether that validation is true or where that comes from or whether the person asking for it had gotten a lot. They, everyone asking for validation had not had it. And as soon as they found a place where they could get it, they immediately ran towards it. And Archimedes got it and Havana got it once he opened his eyes a little bit. And Three Lips didn't. And that's kind of is why Three Lips started to spiral. Rip. Rip Troy and Three Lips. Rip to them. However, I did make mini chip witches. So I'm going to pop into the <gasps> kitchen and grab that. And I'll be right back. Amanda. Amanda thank you. They're vegan. Whoa. <laughs> hey, it's Amanda. And I need to remind you that Eric and I are going to the UK. On August 19th, we are doing a live show with Jasper Cartwright and a special guest in Manchester, England. We are so excited. You should come if you live in the UK or in Western Europe or you just want to visit people in Manchester. Come on through. We'll be playing games, answering advice questions and more. Get tickets at gamesandfeelings.com live. Link is also in the description. We really want to see you there. And hey, I know we updated you on uh, the RSS feed here in the podcast yesterday, but we made jokins. These are joke tokens that you can give to your friends when they are being particularly funny or keep to yourself. I keep one on my desk and it's a really great like fidget toy to have on hand. They are a satisfying, incredible size and shape and weight. They're made of metal. They are very hefty and it's very exciting. And one in every 33 orders of jokins will also receive a coveted black pearl jokin. So not just the gold jokins that you are actually ordering, but also a bonus additional black pearl jokin, just because we think it's fun and it reminds us of the researcher's delight. So you got to go check out the jokin. Go to jointhepartypod.com slash merch to check them out now. And hey, remember, if you are a patron at the $10 level or above, you get 10% off our entire merch store. So check your Patreon messages where you can get your custom link and password to that special discounted merch store. Check them out, y'all. We're so excited. Jokins are available for pre-order at jointhepartypod.com slash merch. Welcome to our newest patrons, Ellen, Jess, and Grace. We are only able to make this show with all of the time and love and energy that we do because of your support on Patreon. And by the way, there was a little bit of an issue with billing on Patreon recently. So if you did not see any charges go through for the previous month, just go ahead and take a look and shoot us a message if you have any problems at all. Because you know that being a patron gives you access to our patron-only Discord, our party planning, bi-weekly podcast, and all kinds of other amazing 
amazing benefits. Join us at patreon.com slash join the party pod. And shout out especially to our early access crew. You get access to every episode of the show a whole day before everybody else. And it is so cool to drop that episode and watch your reactions start to come in on Mondays, not even Tuesdays, y'all. Join us at patreon.com slash join the party pod. This week at Multitude, we have been doing so much cool stuff over on Head, Heart, Gut, by which I mean Eric has introduced a very interesting new twist and change to the way that we structure our survey episodes of Head, Heart, Gut. You're going to have to listen to hear exactly what I'm talking about, but trust me, there is so much great stuff coming down the pike. This is, of course, our weekly debate show where we talk about the best three things, try to figure out the best of a set of three items from pop culture culture or the world we live in. That has included stuff like uh, best um, arcade game, best primary color, best thing to do at an amusement park, and all kinds of very fun stuff coming up. Now, you have to join the multi-crew to get access to Head, Heart, Gut. It is one of the ways that we sustain our business in a very you know, turbulent and like strange time to be making a living in digital media. We're only able to do this because of your support in the multi-crew. So if you want another weekly Multitude show, if you want to hear us debate all kinds of low stakes but high intensity stuff, you got to join the multi-crew. Go to multicrew.club to join today and get access to years worth of Head, Heart, Gut. We are sponsored this week by Ravensburger Jigsaw Puzzles. Now, I am particularly excited about this sponsor because I already own a ton of Ravensburger puzzles. My grandma and I have a puzzle swap uh, where we send each other puzzles that we have already finished so that the other person can enjoy them. And Ravensburger, truly, you can see the difference in the quality of their puzzles. They have huge attention to detail and really give you an amazing puzzling experience. They actually date back to 18. 18- 83. And I know all kinds of people and families, including my own, who have had Ravensburger puzzles as a like intergenerational, you know, through line and activity for decades. So whether you are doing kind of like a mindful activity for yourself, or you are doing an activity with somebody older or younger or friend or family time, you got to check out what Ravensburger makes. Whether you are going for, again, something that's doable in a little bit of time, maybe with a younger family member or a puzzle that goes all the way up to 40,000 pieces. Uh, I have to see it to believe it. That thing is massive. Go shop Ravensburger today. Go to your local game store, or you can even get them on Amazon. Again, that's Ravensburger Jigsaw Puzzles. Finally, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, sometimes in life, we are faced with tough choices where the path forward isn't always clear. I find this happens to me a lot, actually, and I get overwhelmed with the things that are in front of me, or I kind of stick to a comfortable default because I'm worried about what might happen if something new were to go on. And whether I'm dealing with big choices that I want to talk through with someone who is, you know, removed from the situation and trying to help me advocate for what will be best for me, um, or I'm trying to talk about small things in the day to day and say like, hey, how, what are some strategies? How can I get less overwhelmed with the stuff that's on my plate? Um, That is something that I go to therapy for. And when I could not find a therapist that took my insurance or was affordable or was accepting new patients uh, or was uh, remotely um, like commutable from my house, I used BetterHelp, which is an entirely online way to access therapy. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. 
Visit BetterHelp.com slash join the party today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash join the party. And now let's get back to the after party. All right, folks, we are back, and I hope you enjoy your chip witches. They're so good. Oh, my God. Mine tastes Yum. like camomile. Ew. Yeah. Ew. Camomile. Oh, it's camomile. Mm. I don't like it. It's flowery. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Let's get into episode 17, where we had our big nerd walking tour. <laughs> yeah. Both sonas for me and a past secret for Brandon. <laughs> Round two of the bullseye games. And, of course, Troy unfurling his wings at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for me, the the favorite collaboration that us players have done as we uh, sort of colluded behind the scenes to figure out what our duo paired session tricks would be yes. uh, before revealing it to Eric in the moment. Mm-hmm. It was very fun. I think someone asked a question about how we went about doing that. Do we want to talk about that? Yeah, that's from Sneaky Sloths. Ooh, it- they're sneaking in. A second in. sloth. A second sloth. There are multiple sloths. This is a, we have a okay. malignant sloth and a sneaky sloth. Oh, Incredible. Okay. All I right. think all sloths are sneaky because they're so slow, right? Or are they ought not sneaky because they're, they're so not slow. sneaky. Coming. Oh, yeah. okay. So they say, did Amanda, Julia, and Brandon come up with their performances independently and then come prepped with a surprise for Eric for this arc? Did mm-hmm. they get time during the session to come up with it or did they prep prior to the session? We prepped well, prior. Eric's very magnanimous and said, hey, uh, this is going to happen next time. So over the next week, talk to each other, figure out what to do. <laughs> and we did. Yeah. And, and we, we did. did. Uh, as related to how I've been calling this the slam dunk contest, it's related to the all the thing that they do in the NBA All-Star game where, you know, people prepare slam dunks that they have, but then they have to execute it. Right. So it's like you can prepare to do whatever you want, but I am going to call for roles to see how it all comes together. Um, but mm-hmm. don't tell me what it is. Don't tell me what it is. I want to be surprised. Uh, I, then that's what, then that's what happened. And can I say, I'm so glad that the format of the games, Eric, that you have prepared for us involve all of us because I was so worried at first that it would just be like, all right, Troy shoots many arrows over and over. And like one, that's boring Two, That's a lot of pressure on me. And three, <laughs> it means that I would feel uh, like I was hogging airspace and like not letting, you know, my crewmates and my you know friends and colleagues on the podcast like have some time so i'm really glad we all got to have a hand on the ball and none more so than in round two amanda i'm in our group chat and you literally said every time troy has a character moment i'm like oh no i hope brandon and julia don't think i'm hogging the spotlight i know to which both of us were like what are you talking about (laughs) (laughs) we love it so much yeah i there's no better feeling than hearing a troy reveal (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well thank you hey is there a is there a player's group chat and does it have a name uh it doesn't currently have a name but it could could i, I mean there's just yeah it's just a dm chat. i think it's yeah. troy and the riptides is what our group <laughs> chat oh, is. but specifically i love that cammy and umby both got to use proficiencies of theirs mm-hmm. uh it, like and Julia and Brandon as people in our round of celebrity, which is incredible and the highest my adrenaline's been in more than a year. Um, but in in this contest specifically, I think each of us kind of came to the table with like stuff we think is cool that we would like to do. And then we tried to figure out how to like fit all those uh, things together in two separate rounds. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I ended up telling you that I had a spell that we didn't end up using, which was a spell called Psychedelics, 
which Whoa. is original to Valda's Spire of Secrets, which is, for a moment, the colors around you shift in a rainbow swirl before coming to rest far from their original hues. The colors of all creatures and objects you choose within range change randomly and remain brightly and unnaturally colored for the duration. Yo. So good. Which is so kind of fun. good. And then Amanda was like, Amanda gave me like some suggestions based off of stuff that I sent her. And then she said, this one's extremely funny. And then I said, I pick spells for shenanigans, <laughs> which is true, which is true. Eric, Helen, Book Queen 101, wants to know, how did the scoring work for the second round, both in terms of the crew's performance and also the other competitors? And did you know the scores of the other competitors before the PCs performed? Yeah. Yeah, I'm curious about that too. I had percentages in my head, much like round one. I think it was also relative to how you all did. I think, right. you know, you can think about this in any sort of like, hey, so imagine you're doing wee bowling, right? <laughs> it's like, okay. It's like, oh, hang on, Eric, let me put on my safety strap. Excuse me. Yeah, put on the safety <laughs> strap for your wee. It's like, you know, I have an idea of what the hardness level is and how well certain characters will do. Like, hey, Radbert isn't actually that good at any of the stuff that's happening, right? And either it's so interesting, interesting. How dare you? And uh, <laughs> and then I did some I did some charisma roles on behalf of a lot of the other people as well. I thought that this was definitely the one that was the most open. If you all did something that was truly incredible, then you probably would have taken first, as is what happened, um, mm. because you know. I didn't have any, like, straight-up bards for this one, which is certainly a, a, a way I could have taken one of the characters, but I didn't because, uh... You fucking hate bards. I didn't say that. Julia said that. So, uh, <laughs> so... It was an accusation. Yeah, and, like, you know, I, I think I also rolled for Continuous Thankful specifically who really beefed it, and especially because Cammy was messing with them. So that was also yes. part of it. So that one specific, I thought Continuous might pull it out, uh, but, but uh, his confidence was incredibly shaken. Yeah, that was one of the hexes that I pulled specifically for shenanigans. Like I got to learn a new hex when I leveled up last time, and I was like, "Oh, I could you know do another debuff. I could do something." I'm like, "Oh, scurry, Scurry's scurry, incredible. scurry's absolutely incredible." So every time you use it, Julia, it just like warms my heart. It's so good. <laughs> I love it so much. Yeah. So yeah, I just just vibes, and also I rolled some dice, and but you you deserve you deserve the number one spot, truly. Yeah. Yeah. I love the idea that there's possible that we had, in Eric's opinion, we'd been like, oh, that shit that you, both y'all did was really boring. You got last yeah. place. <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was the yeah. roles, though. Like, if if, no, I know. if someone would have choked, I mean, that's what happened with Continuous Thankful, right? It's like, you have multiple tries, but mm -hmm. it's certainly less impressive the number of times you do it, similar to the NBA mm -hmm. All-Star game and the dunk contest. Yes. <laughs> True facts. Barbells for Barbie, incredible username, great wants great. to know, what would Umby have done if someone else had gotten the truth serum or if he had by mistake? Yeah, Ooh. let's go back there. Here's here's the thing that Brandon does. Sometimes Brandon says, hey, I'm stealing your camera. It's mine now. And then Brandon just starts taking some footage of and a I'm going to pawn it for cash. <laughs> <laughs> he goes out and starts shooting skate videos. And I'm like, where? I need my camera back. Mm-hmm. No, but it gave us, like, the great opportunity to finally, like, learn more about Kid Cervantes, who, like, admittedly is the most mysterious of the competitors at the moment. I just want to yeah. say, I had no idea any of that was coming. Not even in, not yep. even in inkling. No way. I mean, mm -hmm. I didn't either. I kind of made it up on the spot while we were figuring out what to do. But uh, that's why it wasn't very 
a very fleshed out game. <laughs> it's just like I'm pouring stuff into potions. Drink one. But yeah, I mean, like there was definitely a opportunity, I guess, for Eric to be like, "Kids Surprise doesn't want to play a game with you," and I would have been like, "Okay." Um, okay. Uh, not that Eric would do that, but um, uh, from from the from the classic podcast improv school of no, no but, shut the yeah. fuck up, you're dumb. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I I would have answered the questions that Eric asked me. I don't know. Like, yeah. I think it was a genuine, just like, let's see what happens. And it'll be funny one way or the other. For truly. <laughs> I'm glad I got to participate in that and yeah. that it worked out so great. Mm-hmm. Uh, did I know that Kid Cervantes didn't have a mouth the whole time? No. Did I know that Kid Cervantes has never spoken before, before I said it? No. <laughs> <laughs> I said that out loud. I was like, Kid Cervantes hasn't spoken yet. And you're like, no, no, no. I knew he, he does not speak. He has not spoken. I knew that. Mm -hmm. But did he, did he not have a mouth the whole time? Not sure. I'm certainly (laughs) not sure about Mm -hmm. that. Uh, So yeah. And then when I said that and Julia was like, that's so wild. I'm like, nice. Okay. I'm I'm just going to pursue that. That's going to be cool. I love it. I love a fucked up thing as we know very well. (laughs) Yeah. I think I also just wanted to establish that he has been out and about for a long time. They, I know that like immediately Troy was like, I'm the best sharpshooter in the Great Salt Sea. It's like, okay, sure, sure, Troy. But like, but, <laughs> sure, but, but you're you know not, who bro. might be? Kit Cervantes. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. notably. And so I really wanted to take that opportunity to establish from him uh, that like they've been, that he's, he's been, been here around. before. Yeah. yeah. The fact that he's won seven out of 10 of the last Bullseye games yeah. is wild. And especially because they're, number, as we said, they're non sequential. So it could have been over any amount of time. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The listeners want to know, and so do I. How did he not die those three times? Because he won. What do you mean? No, no, no. He won seven out of ten times. Oh, so. oh, oh, oh! Those three times. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Well, yeah. I guess we're gonna have well, to see how the duels go, huh? Right. Yeah. And also, as Three Lips said, he's like, most of the time they don't die. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, ten percent of the time, that that would count. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe he's also the fastest dodger in the West or, or something. Possible. You know? Potentially. Uh, Queen Vanilla wanted to know, was Kid's mouth sewed shut like Hocus Pocus, or did he just not have one before? <laughs> I included that for the Hocus Pocus reference. No, he was not sewed shut like like, right. uh, like that. Billy, like Billy Bones, Bones or whatever the you. fuck his name yeah. is. Uh, he just did uh, Kid's Cervantes just didn't have one. Uh, speaking of grabbing the camera, Tattooed and Tall wants to know, <laughs> I'm picturing the day two text on the black screen with sound and effect, a la The Hunt for Red October. Can you please confirm and deny? Subquestion from Amanda, what? Yeah, it's ju- just like just like really, <laughs> it's a movie. really dramatic like text coming up. Uh, there's a meme that goes around that's like 70, 72 hours until the end. Any sort of text mm-hmm. that pops up. Okay. I have the dumb Marvel text in my head that's like Milan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great, great. So you could have done that for day for day two. Any of that, any of that stuff. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> Unprecedented tides. Great names, folks. You're great. Through today it says. If Amanda is a russet potato with glasses on all the eyes, Hilarious. Brandon is a slightly wilty bunch of celery, and Eric is a lumpy heirloom tomato, what kind of green folk is Julia? Mm. Oh, interesting. What am I? I think I'm like a stout rosemary bush. <laughs> oh, I like <laughs> That's that. Cute. Mm. I like that. Mm. Cute. Maureen, Davy Jones' stalker, wants to know, does Verda Stello have a witness protection program? And if so, we'll try be entering it now. 
interesting. Interesting. And uh, Casey, three kobolds in a trench coat, says, uh, how did Troy feel both during and after flying? Was it like a part of you returning? Was it bitter when it ended? Um, and so I know we talked a little bit about this before, but Troy has never experienced that before. It's not a thing he ever thought he would experience. I think the royals and the crags don't fly very often because it does make you a bigger target. Mm -hmm. uh, and like that is real. And that is why he wears his wings closed. Sorry, um, let me look at the genuinely... big book of royal people. Let me just take that mm -hmm. off the mm -hmm. shelf. Mm -hmm. Hold on. Sorry, I had to moisten my my pointer figure. Uh, right, I mean, right. I'm sure that there was like a Luna Moth who who wanted to show the, show their prowess in battle, yeah. and then like got shot down by a thousand arrows. We're like, thank you, you're glowing, and it's nighttime. Great, oh, love that, <laughs> love that. The dream, love that Eric. How do you feel? And like, do you like Shard Lemaine? It, yeah, like, well, they, that's like what they. Rainbow shark I mean, that's what they called called him after he got shot down by a thousand arrows. <laughs> wow. wow, more like shot Lemaine, Am I there right? There it is. Gets out of the local bar. That was actually Brandon. He, uh, the the king's name was Waterloo because it was his Waterloo when he got mm. shot down <laughs> by a thousand arrows. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, folks, let's get now into some game character, you know, world and podcast questions. Uh, Mel one eighteen wants to know who's your favorite NPC and why is it Frambois? <laughs> she's pretty great i like her a lot do we have a fave now do we how are you how are you feeling is there an emerging person an so actual fave? yeah so well, a personal who, who do who do you who do people like i mean i, I like don't them know all. that's like I, pick, but... harold is my bussy queen i love him i mean i love aubergine i love yeah. aubergine like that's that's a classic but i genuinely like them all i think they're all very distinct and very good um, and fun to play, be around. I, I am definitely loving Frambois, this arc in particular. And I also, I liked Archimedes's turn to like, ha that's been very good for me. Yeah, I think I have a, I'm enjoying Archimedes and Frambois the most, considering how it's from things that you all did and said. Yeah. yeah. Remember, Frambois didn't exist until we decided that uh, there is a, there is a French-speaking separatist colony in the crags. Yep. Yes. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm sure that will not affect the plot at no, all. Not at no. all. Why would it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, Frambois, I'm enjoying an Archimedes for sure. I'm also really enjoying Lucky Edie. I just like, I said it before, Amanda, but I just like dropping Lucky Edie in to make people mad. Mm -hmm. Incredible. The, our, Lucky Edie is the, you know, when a season of a television show eventually becomes about Hollywood. That's my <laughs> version of that. <laughs> yeah. Lucky Edie is the real Emily Slaughter of this true. campaign. True, true, true. Uh, the Postmaster, Library Chick, wants to know. Hey! Um, now that we've been introduced to three card Manny, how do we play it? And how does it differ from one card Manny? Here's the answer, <laughs> Postmaster. Uh, I forgot what it was called. <laughs> yep, and I said it. three, but I meant one. Yep. So uh, I think three card Manny is when three players of one card Manny get together and you play like, um, what is the thing I'm thinking of, Eric, where like you go all around in a circle where like you challenge person to your right and the person to your right challenges the person to their right. I don't know. I guess just you go around the circle and you each play one card Manny, but there's three of you. Oh, sure. I like the I like the idea that one card Manny is played between two people, but three card yes. Manny is for three people and it grows exponentially. Yep. Interesting, interesting. I like that. I like that vibe. Kiru, Cheshire Kiwi Cat says, some world building questions. What is the clockwise order of nations on Vertistello? Oh, and I think the question. reason they wanted to know is because they ask as well, do the non-bordering nations have any relations at all? 
That's a good question. Uh, I don't want to In my head, the crags are in the east, and Overstock is in the north, mm-hmm. and the fields are in the west. Which means hot houses. Which means in the hot south. houses in the south. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, I, I just kind of that's just my vibe. In that, like my math mm-hmm. folder is red. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it should be blue. But I mean, okay. I don't know why I said that. My no, ma- math is definitely English. Red. English, English is, is English red. Is English red. is red. I don't know okay. why I said English that. is All red. Right. All right. All right. Uh, or yellow. Social studies is yellow, Julia. Come on. No, yeah. social studies purple. <laughs> no, you had purple. Wow, must be nice. um so that's just vibes but i think that the second question non-boarding nations yes i think that there is some sort of council meeting between representatives of all of the countries that meet in a one of the cities in one of the countries that are kind of on a rotating pattern there's probably like a parliamentarian similar to the way that the speaker worked in campaign one just to like i think that's also like you know, non-bordering countries can still trade and stuff like that. So I imagine that trade is still important to, uh, like, the crags and open fields probably have a trade relationship of some kind. Yeah. Well, Julia, great segue. Thank you. Because Kira's next question is, what was the primary form of international travel before the cascade dried up? I mean, there's stuff. You know, there's plenty of stuff. Ca- caravans? Yeah, you can get in a, you can get in a yeah. truck. Well, Eric, yeah, it totally feels like there would have been, you know, protected trade routes or something. Or even if people weren't gallivanting all over, you know, the world with no respect for national borders, they still had, you know, like very established ways that you could get between places. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I'm wondering if like a la the Silk Road, if everyone goes back and remembers world history, uh, I wonder mm-hmm. if there's like a, a big ringed road that you can take that's supposed to be like a protected trade. Trade oh, yeah. route, but like the golden, maybe called the golden circle or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially because Ooh. the people in Overstock need to get it to places, so that's one hundred percent true. And there, there's probably some weird tech that comes out of the various places. You know, we have all these different energy sources and things. It's like you know, I mentioned having a truck in Doctor Radish Radish's thing. So it's like you know, I don't, it, you know, similar in One Piece, right? It's like there are these big ships and there are cannons and there is mass media, but the way instead of a telephone, there are big snails, and it's like it's weird. Sure. And there's not the <laughs> internet, but there probably is whatever stuff you need to get around for quote unquote modern society. It exists. Yeah. yeah. That makes yeah. sense. That's what I was imagining too the whole time was yeah, sort of a Silk Road type thing. That'd be fun. Yeah, I, I like I that it's like a golden or maybe it's I don't know. We'll have to think about what exactly the thing is because the oh, the people from it's about what the people say about the pe- the merchants from Overstock. Like, what are they mainly trading? Right. 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 Yeah. It's like interesting. Yeah. Speaking of history, you guys are nailing it today. Is there any history of great wars between nations that green folk kids oh. learn about in school? Oh, there's got to oh, be. for sure. Uh, Definitely. There yeah. has to be some some general weirdness about both the crags and open fields. About, yeah. like, being, being very nervous about going in there. Yeah, just, I think that both of them have stories about the other, about the weirdness going on. And a lot of it is true, but a, a lot of it is blown up. I was thinking about... <laughs> I mean, this is coming up. I keep thinking about the us talking to uh, Claire Albin, who is a Nazi historian, and that the interview is going to be on spirits and game and games and feelings. And she was just set, talking about all the weird stuff that all the weird stuff that the Nazis really did. And the main thing that the American government came out as propaganda is like they love demons. They're trying Hitler's <laughs> possessed by a demon. It's like you could have said all of the real weird things, but you chose that mm-hmm. one instead. They really thought they were descendants of Atlantis. Like, come yeah. on, yeah. they were 
really trying yeah. to bring back extinct animals. That's wild. And like I think that it's probably like that. It's something that's sanitized that makes them weird, except for the real weird things going on there. Mm-hmm. Yes, hundred percent. There are companies trying to make bring back extinct animals now. <laughs> we're gonna get sued for libel. No, D- Dr. Alvin was like, in itself, not a bad thing, but they were <laughs> really committed to it. That's they so were like, funny. they wanted to bring back like weird horses That's from, so from Germany. Yeah, like, German, German horses. German animals. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Extinct German horses. That was their vibe. Megafauna that only existed in the Black Forest. Yeah. Yeah, Eric, so Aryan weird. animals. Anyway. Eric, save that for Le Mans. Save that to my brain, don't worry. And Kira's final question, does the crew know who previously owned the Sea Whip? It's a great question. I mean, yeah. we probably know who we stole it from, right? Well, I don't know. I saw this question too, and I was like, do we? I don't know. I think character-wise, we do. Player-wise, we don't. Yes. Our, our characters know. I'm imagining a real kind of like forced retirement situation. Like we stole it from some lovely like old, you know, merchant or pirate who was like near retirement. Mm-hmm. And they were like, great, that hunk of junk's off my hands. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then we get to sail away with it. And we're like, great, nobody cares about this guy, you know, okay. or, or person like nobody, you know, is going to want them. And the person gets to cash in their insurance money or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, there's also the option where we just like, you know, we're at a dock or like at a yeah. um, marina and there was a bunch of boats and we just like we're like well that one looks like no one is paying attention to it Let's i take kind that of one. agree with but Brandon. i mean there's like definitely paperwork or ownership paper i have to push back ship. and say specifically you have all three said you have intentionally not looked at the paperwork to keep mm-hmm. plausible deniability oh yeah that is true yeah okay. and, yeah. and, and you even said Julia? that it's haunted to make sure no one goes in there yeah I don't know if we believe that it's haunted, but that's what we Troy tell does. people so they don't go in. Yeah, Troy. of course, Troy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Troy's, like, Troy's like, I am afraid of some ghost. Absolutely. But Brandon, <laughs> I can definitely see us like taking the hunk of junk and leaving like several crates of oranges or some other like valuable just thing that a person might not need a hundred of them. But we're you like, know, this is fair. Totally. But I got to I got to put my foot down and say we're pirates, y'all. Brandon loves reminding us that we're at some point we got a pirate. Stealing's fine. Stealing's fine when it benefits other people, yeah. and that other those people in, can include you. As the person watching you all like little ants moving a big leaf, <laughs> I would say I think that what Brandon's saying is probably the most true. Like if yeah. if someone asked you, "Hey, where'd you get the ship?" You could all remember the story of it. I remember when mm-hmm. we got it, but I don't think you know who it is, especially because of the okay. plot you you intentionally avoided looking at. That feels like an old that feels like a first edition manual how to be a pirate thing. It's like a, a trick of the trade. Being like, then mm-hmm. the police, when they ask you what happened, you're like, I don't know. When they give you the truth serum, you're like, I don't know who owned this. We own it yeah, now. Exactly. And yeah. also that gives Eric some some fun if he ever wants to play with that, you know? Mm-hmm. True. There's True some facts. room there. A chew. Sorry, I sneezed. A chew. I sneezed. Sorry. I wasn't paying attention. Here's a question that uh, I've been saving for when we have some time to talk about it, but also the question surgeon uh, reminded me to do it. So mm-hmm. uh, Michelle's question is, this is the first campaign with a belief system. What aspects of religion are you wanting to explore? Do you think your personal positions on faith will influence your characters? And the question I've been waiting for is from Alyssa Frankel early in the campaign, uh, who wants to know everything about Judaism and Verticello. Does <laughs> the theology of the planter, the puritanical faith of open fields, fit into an underlying majority Jewish NPC community? What does it mean that an Israeli folk song is part of the mythos at Crimson's Exchange? What kind of green folk was Moses? 
God, right. Moses. <laughs> we know, we know Moses was big bunch of reeds that you used to make papyrus out of. You know what right, I mean? Right, right, yeah. But imagine, imagine going down to the river and opening up a baby basket and there is a beet in it. <laughs> okay, no, beet much more Jewish. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so red cabbage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't look at me, Julia. Um, so from a world building perspective, to answer Michelle's question to me, and therefore the references I've been making that Alyssa is picking up on, like I'm trying to make a fantasy world that isn't made by a Christian person. Like that's inherently what I'm trying to do is like I'm really trying to use reference points that are not the same reference points for fantasy, which is lapsed Catholic. If you are a lapsed Catholic, all modern stories are for you, uh, especially mm-hmm. ones where people make the world make the worlds to start with. And I, I talked to Moya to make sure that like the path was uh, not just reskinned Catholicism. You know, I wanted it to be karmic. And, it, you know, other places, other religions are incredibly strict other than Christianity. Right. And I'm really trying to keep the path away from that stuff, even if Continuous Thankful is a big dweeb like a youth minister, right? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In reference to the world building, I think that, like, I'm not trying to put in Jewish stuff necessarily. I'm just trying not to use Catholicism as the reference point. Yeah. So then, to, gotcha. and then, so that's that's to answer Michelle's question. The Alyssa's yeah. question is different, right? And I'm just pulling. I'm now just trying to pull from my reference points. Is like, you know, I thought that the that the folk song was interesting, and using it instead of like, you know, psalm readings or songs where you replace the word Jesus with the name of your son deity. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's just what that's yeah. more what I'm trying. That's more what I'm trying to do. And also, yeah, uh, the the puritanical faith of the open fields, I think, is more like. Lots of religions are super strict, not just the one that we come upon a lot in American life. Right. 100%. Yeah. And like, you know, the theology of the planter. I've been listening to Spirit Podcast for over 300 episodes. <laughs> what? There are so many great <laughs> creation myths out there that are all mm-hmm. very similar where one big mm-hmm. thing or dude or person or woman or whatever spirit makes the world through some sort of divine idea. Julia, Brandon, do you guys have any aspects of like belief, faith, ethics that you're thinking about or drawing on as you approach uh, your characters and how they interact with people with other beliefs? Yeah, I think that for Cami, at least Cami, you know, being someone who kind of grew up in, like we said, we're not reskinning Christianity or Catholicism. But at the same time, like I am kind of approaching Cami's background as being like almost from a sort of like Shaker, Quaker uh, background. Mm. And I think that because of the experience that Cami had, Cami very much approaches religion and her personal beliefs as a thing that is like, well, yes, a book does say that, but at the same time, like, clearly something is amiss here with the way that I was raised and the way that people are following that supposed teaching. And so I am going to try to approach everyone and everything in a way that is one true to my beliefs, but also understanding that other people have other experiences. Radical kindness is how Cami approaches everything and everyone. (laughs) Yeah. Except for Lucky Edo. <laughs> well, you know, understanding only I'm goes kidding, a certain I'm way, Brandon. I think that that's good. I, I kind of like that. I want you to, like, run down Continuous Faithful as someone who is, like, unshakable as opposed to someone who's like, well, yeah. I've been out here in the world, and that's not how anyone should do anything. And I think that, like, you know, 
I'm just going to say that, like, hey, you're not going to go fight the Pontifex eventually, you know? It's like, <laughs> that's not the kind of story I want to tell. Uh, I, I, I know well, really good don't. news if you want to. There's a lot of A lot of those exist. They uh, certainly do, you know? Uh, I, as just a human, am, and am pretty against religion in general. So I was like, the only thing that really came up to me uh, religion-wise was, like, when we were planting, or sorry, when we were creating our characters, I wanted to choose the background that had the most... Um, interest to me and that was sort of the theological approach that overstock had so i've been sort of uh envisioning umby and the overstock folks as sort of like theologians that are like literal like like masters and phd people who are studying it from like a historical and like a language perspective and like yeah they believe it like the people at overstock believe it umby believes it but like it's an approach that like most devout or devotees like don't approach it that way because I find that stuff interesting. Like, I always find, like, the uh, study of the Bible is fascinating or the study of any religious text is very fascinating. But, like, I don't I don't actually care what it tells me to think. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Fair, fair. And I am in my religious euphoria era and caring very deeply about, like, what the Torah wants me to think. Uh, and so the the questions that Troy is grappling with about, like, personal responsibility and, like, when you when you wrong somebody, you know, it's in Judaism, it's not about uh, them forgiving you or you, you know, you're not, like, owed forgiveness. Uh, it's, like, up to the person who did something wrong to, like, fix the rift in the universe that they caused by doing that. And so, you know, I think Troy is doing a lot of growing up and, you know, in parallel with the stuff that I'm, like, you know, reading and thinking about saying, you know, what is my responsibility here? And how do I, how do I do right? How do I define what I want and what's success for me? And, you know, what I owe the people around me and just what I owe the world as like being part of it. And all that is really fascinating. And I'm mm -hmm. loving, you know, working some of it out in the avatar of a himbo butterfly gunslinger. <laughs> <laughs> all right, folks, are we ready here to spoil the plank? Yes. Yar. I've asked. Sorry, wait. We didn't talk at all about Smelly Hayes dying, and now I feel a little <laughs> bit bad about that. But that was truly like one of the most buck wild things that I had to like emotionally react to, but also thought was fucking hilarious. I mean, it's all in the tape, baby. Yeah. yeah I would love to there. talk about it in the next after party because, yeah. you know, something's going to happen next. And right, uh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. right, it would be right. good That's to see true. how it closes. It was really mm -hmm. uh, the only thing I'll say there is that it was really fun putting an old-fashioned trap into my yeah. Dungeons yeah. & Dragons game. He was like, surprise, Dungeons traps we like, in your Dungeons & Dragons. Consequences for our actions? What? I rolled so many dice. I know. I think I rolled 20. Or I think I did. I say it's like 16 D6s something. or something yeah, like, like that. that. Yeah, More than a handful. It's because, so the way that that trap worked, just really quickly, is that if, as you fell, and this happened to Cammy, Cammy just, just mm -hmm. uh, bucked it immediately. Every time I said it, it's like it got harder and harder to stop mm -hmm. falling. So it just kept happening. And then bing, bang, yeah. boom, your head's, your head's backwards. Brutal. That's what happens. Yeah, there was yeah, a point you bad. said on tape where there was no way that she could have actually succeeded on the roll. So yeah, you the DC increased by two every time, and yeah. she got up to twenty-one, which she simply couldn't roll. Yeah, after fail, yeah, after failing is like I'm just trying to get in at twenties, and then I couldn't, mm -hmm. and then so there, yep. I, there I am. Yep. It's so funny I'm to me sure because you've trained us as players to not stress about, like, to not be like the timid D and D player that's like you know, worried about like, oh, is this yeah. pebble in front of me going to explode into a giant monster and kill us all? 
Um, and then you got us. Yeah, you got me specifically. <laughs> hey, this was also up to Cammy to do to take only an NPC with her. So that was also interesting. Is like a lot of this mm-hmm. stuff is not up to me, you know? Totally. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of threads here, and uh, I will tell you one of the questions was like, how far in advance do we uh, record? The answer is usually four or five episodes at a time. We record one each session, but we're typically about a month ahead of the release schedule. And uh, guys, shit happens. Don't worry. There's going to be <laughs> a lot, a lot of the spoil the plank questions uh, have answers coming up very soon. Yeah. So uh, let's run through it. Zeroka says. Is the Warforged Salmon from Campaign 1 the wish-granting salmon? <laughs> That's what I've been picturing in my head the whole time. I'm going to say probably not, but I, I, who can I say? Think say? There is no, no. <laughs> there is no plot through line through our, our campaigns so that if you don't listen to one, you can listen to the other, but uh, headcanon accepted. Mm-hmm. Who can say? The question surgeon, how old was Cammy when she was first kidnapped slash invited onto the open seas? Probably like 15 or 16, I'd say. Good. That's interesting. Okay, it's less it's less kidnapping if she's that age. I thought she was like twelve. Well, I mean, she was twelve when she left open oh, fields. That's right, that's right. I think that by the time that they got kidnapped, it was a different. Like mm-hmm. they had been working in a tavern doing tea reading and cleaning up for room and board for mm-hmm. maybe a couple of years at that point. Yeah, yeah, there was a lot of renditions of Master of the House that were sung in, in the between. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Yeah, don't get Nani started with with that soundtrack. Casey says, will there be guest players at any point in this campaign? I'd love to hear Jasper play a green folk and get his take on this fantastic world. Who Who can can say? say? Who can say? Seems good. Seems like we should do that. Seems like a great idea. Seems like a good idea. Seems Mm. good. Mm. Tess Myers wants to know, did the crag send three lips specifically to fuck with Troy? And does him being royal have some effect on how he can perform in the games? Hmm, who can say? Who can say? Yeah. Westy Imposter Jess says, a key to end your days or something along those lines would finish the key rhyme, and I don't like that at all. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Don't give him ideas. A through Z says, why does Troy accept Three Lips talking to him that way? Three Lips has been giving him nothing, and why can't he stand up for himself? This is really interesting to me. It's his bro. A lot of people wrote in and said, why would Three Lips betray Troy like that? And I think that's an interesting reading to this, yeah. to, this to what happened, and we'll see what happens after this. I don't think it's a betrayal, but what do I know? It's, it's just a complicated emotional... Yeah, like yeah. They, yeah, they have they have feelings, and everyone has selfish feelings and selfless feelings, and it's about the battle between those two, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And finally, what I want you guys to picture is like um, you're being sent to walk the plank. Okay. Terrifying. But um, we're pirates with a pirate code. Um, So we do offer you one final little like fortifying meal before you Mm, do go off the edge. And it's a little cup of question broth from Malignant's Law. Oh, (laughs) delicious. Does Troy regret saving three lips from the shipwreck now? <laughs> no, no, but who can say? Who can say? Uh, and what does Cammy think she saw in Rathbert's tea leaves? I know they were deceiving him, but I'd love to know what she actually thinks. What about him smelling like resurrection magic with something else underneath? How about three lips' mission? Was his mission to expose Troy? Make Troy confront his destiny? What is Rathbert <laughs> doing? <laughs> who can say? I, I can't. I, I don't know. I know that I've said it on microphone. In future episodes, I'll say that much. Mm-hmm. Wee, wee, and now we all take a beautiful swan dive off the spoil the plank. Um, wee, for this after party, yay! 
Splash. Splash. <laughs> Cute. Thank you so much for your questions. Guys, shit is popping off. If you thought these episodes were eventful, you don't know the half of it. It is a mm-hmm. great time to be a Join the Party listener and a great time to invite your friends on this journey. We're only 18 episodes in, folks, and uh, it's about to get wild. So let's get choppy on these seas. It's about to get choppy on these seas, Amanda. Let's go. Get choppy mm-hmm. on the seas. We Amazing. Well, until next time. Bye, guys. Later. Bye, uh, uh, Joken. Do it. Bye, Joken. Ooh. Bye, Joken. Avasti. And may your roles turn ever upward. I'll sing you a song that all green folk know.